0: You know, I just, I think a logo is just a mark. And some of the best known brands in the world have really crappy logos. They really do. You know, like over time, maybe, you know, people have looked at them and said, oh, you know, Google is a great logo. And and I'm like, that's, it's not a great logo. It didn't start out as a great logo. It was just the word Google and, and but, you know, and kind of different colored letters. Like that's not a great logo. The company became a great company and a very uh, influential company the logo didn't make the company you know the company made the logo
1: you are listening to one more question a podcast by the people of nice work one of the things we often catch ourselves saying is can we ask you one more question this podcast is all about sharing that the best conversations we've had with significant brand builders experts and communicators the people that we've encountered as we go about our work of making people care by creating impactful brands season three is focused on unpacking the topic of branding we talk to people who design brands own brands build brands and even those who hire for brands we explore what brands look like and how they behave across a wide spectrum from world-renowned brands with massive budgets like spotify to companies that are making big waves on small budgets if you're looking for insights on the best ways to invest in and build your brand this is the season for you. I'm your host, Ross Drex. Hello, today on the podcast, I'm talking to DJ Stout. DJ is one of the 24 partners of the acclaimed international design consultancy, Pentagram, and he's the principal of the Austin, Texas office. His work is included in several national design collections, including the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston, the Dallas Museum of Art, the Whitliff Collections, and the Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian Design Museum. He and his team have done work for companies like Microsoft Windows, Ruby Tuesday, Popeyes Louisiana Kitchen, Walgreens, L.L. Bean, and Southwest Airlines. On the podcast, we talk about how branding is different in Texas, and how he would give a client 300 logo options if he could. And we unpack our telling stories from a unique place, started for him in Texas, but it's ultimately relevant to everyone from anywhere in the world. Enjoy. DJ, stop. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's a great honor to be interviewing you.
0: Happy to be here. This is this is great. Thanks for
1: asking me. I mean, one of my one of my favorite moments is in our pre-call I asked you um, you know what your thoughts are, are on branding, and, and the exact thing you said to me is um, branding is different in Texas. I would love for you to to sort <laughs> of unpack that statement um, a little bit more.
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm actually a uh, a sixth generation Texan, and I was born in this little town in a far West Texas called Alpine, and Um, The reason I was born there is my my father played baseball for a semi-pro baseball team there in the 50s that was owned by a very famous Texas rancher. Um, and His name was Herbert Coconut Jr. And and at the time, he owned one of the largest ranches in the world. Um, And he still has a a really big uh, working ranch with lots of cattle. So of course, I, I come from an area where branding is actually taking a hot symbol um, and heating it up in the fire, and then like searing it into the side of a of a cow. So that's what branding means from where uh, where I'm from.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, for, from what I from what I understand, this is sort of the. The beginnings, those markings is one of the, the beginnings of the, the trade that we now apply yeah. to the world. It's very much
0: like uh, like logo design, actually. It, it very much is like branding because, you know, the ranchers, um, they had to come up with a symbol that, first of all, that that they could, you know, they could, they could curve it out of iron and put it on the end of a pole. And it had to be simple enough, and, and in a form that you know that that they could go and heat it up, and then and then you know, like and then sear it into the side of a of a cow. Um, so it had to be you know some some of those old brands, those cattle brands. The ranch um, that I'm talking about, which is called the 6 Ranch uh, in Alpine, that, that this wealthy rancher owned. You know, it's. It's an 06, but, um, but the reason it's an 06 was because they were able to make that out of, out of iron, you know, and they just kind of formed it. And then, um, so that, so actually it, it is, it is sort of the roots of, of kind of simple symbolism, which is basically logos. Mm. I
1: love that. And I suppose it's, it's. Those marks probably last for a very long time because once they've got that tool, they're not going to redesign it. Uh, oh yeah, the no, they're not,
0: there's there's not a lot of redesign um, when it comes <laughs> to that kind of branding. I don't think. <laughs> um, but you know, the, I mean, the reason they did it was because you know originally uh, all the cattle just roamed free in those areas, and they weren't fenced in necessarily. So you had to a marking on your property and you know and and actually you know part of that sort of western history was lots of arguments about uh somebody stealing somebody else's cow or their, or their steer and then you know and then trying to change the brand on the side of the steer you know that kind of thing uh, mm. and i mean this is yeah.
1: uh, this is interesting for me because that's like texas as a state, I think, has one of the strongest identities. Um, you know, it, it's the flag is recognizable. Many, most people I've met from Texas will introduce themselves as from Texas. You're talking about this, like, deep, long history of this visual marking of, of cows. Like, why do you think Texas has such a strong kind of, culture around that and and all the kind of symbolism that, that forms around it
0: well you know you know i was the art director of texas monthly magazine um which is a very well respected regional magazine you know it's obviously a monthly magazine about texas and it was such you know that's the reason i live in austin now is uh, i was the art director there for 13 years but you know the one thing that that I loved about working on that magazine is that this state has so much, um, to work with, you know, it's, it like all, uh, it's what we used to call the myth, the Texas myth, which a lot of it is actually true, but you know, all those things that are very, very Texas, you know, like everything's bigger in Texas, you know, there's, uh, you've got your oil millionaires, you've got, you know, there's all these things, you know, cowboy hats and and you know, just talking about cattle and steaks and this and that. It's just it's such a rich state as far as that you know those kinds of um, sort of legendary uh, qualities that, that that you know that the magazine took advantage of. Now, what was great about what about that magazine is you know it wasn't just like an arm of, of public relations. I mean, it, 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 that magazine was very quick to criticize the state and to, um, and also to, you know, to do uh, investigative journalism, actually that, that uh, you know, made the state look, you know, not good, you know, like, you know, things about, you know, murders and, and crime and that kind of thing. Um, but, I've always, you know, what I learned from from working at that magazine was that we looked at the world through the lens of, of Texas. You know, we were looking at at things that were happening in the world. But I've always said, and this is a very Texas thing to say, though. But but Texas, you know, te- Texas has so uh, you know so much to work with. It, it just has so much more personality than all the other states. And I and I guess that came about just because you know it was. It really was sort of the wild west it's a very big state it's the you know the largest state uh, uh, in, uh not including alaska um and you know it 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 just it had this sort of wild west history and so th- and I think that probably built its personality over time
1: now how do you roll that? that personality into the work that you do I mean I know until very recently you were um, your, your emails even had it was um, texas.pentagram.com. Yeah. you know, how do you how do you embrace that culture in your work um, and, and not sort of put things on top of clients who don't necessarily need it because there's always this kind of signature in so, so much of the things that I've seen come out of the office.
0: Well, I've you know I've really embraced the Texas culture. Now, th- like I said, there are things that are there are things that are very negative about about Texas culture. You know, I'm, I'm the first one to you know to to um, to say that. You know, like I mean, because I've lived, you know, I, uh, I, I like I said, I'm a sixth generation Texan. I was born in this very you know wild west part of, of, of the state. Um, but but the, but the thing about um, um, Texas is that I use it in my work all the time. Like, like, and it doesn't matter, you know, I could be branding a, uh, te- technology company or I could be doing, you know, a, a magazine for a university in, in California or whatever. And what I mean by that is the reason I use it is, um, I'm always encouraging my clients that first of all they need they need to brag in a good way, you know. There's this thing called the Texas brag, and and some of my clients are in places like in the Midwest or whatever, and and you know, uh, like Utah or whatever, and and they have a uh, this uh, idea that you know it's uncouth it's uh, it's uncouth to to brag, and I'm always like, well, there's a good way to brag. You know, there's a good way to be proud of where you're from and to. And, and to brag about things you don't have to be as you know braggado- braggadocious as like you know like most texans but but you should be proud of those things and you should you should embrace them and you need to use them in your storytelling you know and that's another thing that i really believe in is, is there's this there's there's a thing about store about texas storytelling and i and i believe with all my branding like i said whether it's a a, like an international tech company or a car manufacturer, whatever it is, I always preach the, the, the effectiveness of, of, of basically storytelling. And I think that what graphic designers do and what people who do branding all the time, you're basically telling stories. You're telling stories in combination of, with words, with, with uh, messaging and language, but also visually. And, 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 and I think all of that, you know, if I think about it, it comes from this, my background of growing up in Texas, my grandfather was a cowboy, you know, he, 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 uh, he actually was a foreman at a ranch, um, you know, and, and I remember him, you know, having me come sit on his lap and he was like John Wayne, you know, and he would tell me these long stories and some of them were true, you know, but but he had this knack of of just telling these great stories, and I think that I use that in my work uh, every day. I mean, I
1: love you've got this long sort of history of editorial work. Uh, I try to work out how many books that you've kind of designed, and I think it's you know north of of fifty books that you've sort of put your name on. I'm sure it's even more. Um, do you think this storytelling and kind of visual is is comes to life in in editorial and even in the it seems like in the branding work that you do, there's always a editorial component to how you roll that brand out and how you kind of expand it from
0: from the mark. Well, I, I love editorial work for that very reason, is because it's storytelling, and I really believe in storytelling and. What I love about editorial, particularly magazines, which I may be the last art director in the world that still does print publications, and I do a lot of them, um, you know, mostly for universities all over the country. But what I love about editorial is it's, a, it's not just design. It's a combination of design, it's layout, it's working with illustrators, photographers, I love working with writers. Um, all, all, all my best friends um, are either writers or photographers, but I know a lot of writers and a lot of editors, and I, I, and I really cherish those relationships, um, you know, and because I love the editorial craft of working with an editor, working with a writer, working with, with uh, headline writers, uh, working with photographers who are also st- telling stories, and illustrators who are telling stories, and and I love you know c- collaborating with with all those folks to tell one big story, which is basically this publication. Now a lot of those publications, you know, are still being printed, but a lot of them we're designing just for the web. But to me, mm-hmm. it's still the same process. You know, it's still it's still telling a narrative and an engaging visual way that actually means something at the the end of the day.
1: Well, I think, I mean, what you're talking about there seems to to be one of the things that's receding, Um, you know, I think with the advent of digital media and performance marketing and all of these things, uh, marketers and brand builders are relying more and more on those things to kind of bring people to their products um, as opposed to telling those stories that people kind of want to engage. Um, You know, I I see it almost as an opportunity as everyone's pulling out of print, that it's actually an ability to push into print is, is, is great for companies. I mean, I know Pentagram does the Pentagram papers. And in fact, I saw your, your version of the, the cowboy poetry one, which was, you know, very intriguing to me. I mean, you seem to, as a firm, produce a lot of printed material, um, which is obviously then supported digitally, but is that is that because you're all designers and you want to create these beautiful things or because it, it actually gets people to notice you? Um,
0: um, yeah, we. I mean, we. there is a history. There, there's a, uh, you know, going back 50 years, like Pentagram, Pentagram is going to be 50 years old this next year. Um, you know, it was founded in London. But from the very beginning, um, P- Pentagram started producing those little books that are called Pentagram Papers. And, you know, and, and several of the, some of the original partners were editorial designers. Um, you know, they, they were, at that time, they were designing and redesigning newspapers and print publications. Um, and, you know, so, so there is this heritage of of book designers and, and, you know, old school design that goes, goes back 50 years. But, but I would say now, now that, you know, that we've entered a more modern age, you know, I have 24 partners, a lot of them, you know, don't design books or magazines at all. Most of them probably don't. Um, a lot of them still do like Michael Beirut. And, and Paula Scher still designed magazines and, and Luke Heyman designs lots of uh, magazines. Um, but they're, you know, even though like a lot of my, my partners now are designing in, in very, uh, cutting edge, you know, technical platforms, they are still using storytelling and, 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 and narrative to, in, in those platforms, you know mm. and, and, I, and I see it and that 's the way they think and I, I see them doing that, and I think that i think that 's really valuable to these new these new high tech platforms it 's really valuable because yeah, storytelling is really what we 've done from the very beginning as graphic designers
1: mm. can you i mean if someone who owned a brand or or was kind of building one and they were interested in sort of using editorial work and storytelling to, to build their, their brand. Like how would you advise them to think about it and and like what sort of process would you encourage them to follow to, to create the, the beautiful things like you do?
0: Well, the one thing that I, no matter who my clients are is, and my, and my employees, my designers have heard me say this over and over again, um, is that I always I feel like everything that's meaningful, everything that's memorable comes from a unique place it it, it there, There's all this talk about being global in the world and 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 of course i I know what that what that means it means you know you you're you, you're using, building a communication network that is all over the world that means you're global but however. As far as trying to build a, a brand or, or a personality that's memorable, it always comes from a unique place. And usually it comes from, from like a smaller place. It's hard to design something or, or come up with a brand that, that's just global. Like, what does that mean? And, you know, it has to come from somewhere. So what I always tell my clients is you need to embrace who you are. You need to, you need to be true to who you are. And you need to tell that story of who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be global. Try, you know, let's, let's explore like where are, what are your roots? Where do you come from? What are those things that are unique? What are those things that, that formed you as, as a company or as a brand? And let's embrace those things and let's use those things in, in our communication, in our vi- mm. visual communication, but also in our messaging. And, and that always, you know, it doesn't matter what, who the client is. uh, That's where most of my ideas come from is, is looking like, where is that brand from? What is, what are the things that make them interesting? It's sort of just like talking about like Texas, like to me, you know, what made Texas monthly interesting is it, it embraced the things that are unique and interesting and, and, and um, um, unique about that particular state. But, but then they were doing very sophisticated stories and investigative journalism and whatever through the lens of Texas, you know. Mm. And so, so that's, that, that's what I always tell cl- my clients is, you, you know, like, where are you from? You know, what, what are those things that we can use that are, you know, basically unique to, to what you're about? And, and unique mm. to your message.
1: So how do you, how do people know? Cause I mean, I think fairly often uh, people have a little bit of um, a complex or they, they think that that story is not good enough or not strong enough yeah. or not interesting enough, or why would anyone care about this? You know, would be the sort of thoughts going through people's brains. Like how, how do you find that? And how do you yeah. kind of give them the confidence to go, okay, you know, like uh, I, I, I agree. And let's, let's go for this because it's much easier to sort of fall in line with a design trend that's been validated multiple times by multiple other people. It's not as risky or as exposed or you're not exposing yourself as much.
0: Yeah. It's, it is a little, you know, I'd have to say it is a little scary because it it is sort of like, it's kind of intimate. It's kind of looking at, who you actually are as a brand, where, where do you come from? You know, some of those things, like, like you just said, it might, it might be that, you know, Oh, well, Oh, nobody's going to care about that. You know, um, I, you know, I want to look like this. We want to be, you know, but, but I, what I do with my clients is I, you know, I have lots of conversations and then through just casual conversations, I'll ask questions like, so what, can you tell me a little bit more about that aspect of, you know, of what you're doing? Where does that come from? Tell me, yeah. and they'll say, oh, well, you know, like, you know, at the beginning we did this and, you know, and, and, you know, like when I, when I was talking to you, Ross, just uh, recently, you know, I started asking you about the, that region of South Africa where you're from. And you started telling me these really interesting stories about Johannesburg you know like what mm. Johannesburg is like I don't know if you remember that but you started telling me you know this is what this place is like this is the people are like this and I say I'd never heard that before um I, I don't know that much about South Africa you know I went to South Africa once I loved it but mm. but I was just thinking I would love to go to to where you live and, and explore it through your eyes because you know you know it you know but you started telling me all these really interesting things about the personality of the place and how it's changing. Mm. And it's that kind of story that I would utilize if I was working with, with a client in Johannesburg.
1: I mean, I love that. I also love this idea of explore it through your eyes because yeah. people are so often very passionate about what they're making, what dent they they kind of making in the world what problem they are solving why their product is important and i think if you yeah. can engage with that you you get away from the sort of mundane sameness yeah. of so much of the communication you see out there
0: well the other thing is you know since i'm an outside observer mm. you know i i can point those things out to you and you may have you, you may have thought well this isn't that interesting but then i can say well, actually, that is very interesting. And to me, it's a very unique characteristic that has been formed in a very unique place, you know. Um, like I, like what you were telling me about the personality of Johannesburg, I, I'm sure it's very complicated where that came from. But you were saying, it would, you know, it's like this and now it's changing and, you know that story i would probe it more and, and to me that's that's where the, the the this personality of the brand would come from
1: mm. i like that it, it seems like you know a lot of your thinking is less around the mark of the brand the the kind of the icon of it and it's more around all of the things that surround that mark and kind of support it um, right like, why, why is that? Like, why do you value all of those other, other kind of touch points when so many people think about that kind of one mark is the most important piece?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I think lo- I'm a designer now for 40 years, I guess, and I've been a Pentagram partner 20 of those years. Um, and, you know, I've done a lot of logos, and I, I just think logos are overrated. You know, I just <laughs> I think a logo is just a mark, you know, and and some of the best known brands in the world have really crappy logos. Um, they really do. You know, like over time, maybe, you know, people have looked at them and said, oh, you know, Google is a great logo. And and I'm like, That's, it's not a great logo. It, it didn't start out as a great logo. It was just the word Google and, and but, you know, kind of, you know, different colored Letters, like that's not a great logo. The company became a great company and a very uh, influential company. Um, but the logo the logo didn't make the company you know mm. the company made the logo. Um, it, you know it, and so I, I I think there's this I actually believe that the, that when I work on a big identity project that the least important part. Of that initiative is the logo. Mm. I'm, I'm, and but but it's hard to 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 convince your clients that it's just a mark because because they will they will uh, they'll sweat about it. You know they're like oh you know you've showed us thirty logos but you know I love all of them but you know like, God this is so special and I'm always trying to convince them. You could pick any of those thirty logos. It doesn't matter. It, it, it just doesn't matter. It, it, it's just a symbol. A symbol only has meaning once you you do all the other things around it that communicate that brand. Like how you use imagery, what is your messaging, how do you deliver that messaging? You know, what kind of photography do you, do you pair it up with? What what does that photography say? What 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 does the typography say? How does how do you use the typography? How do you use the, the combination of typography and imagery? How, where do you use them? Where, what platforms do you use them on? How, you know, all that stuff is, let's get to that part. Let's just pick the symbol so we can get to the important part. That's what I'm always telling my clients.
1: So so did you say that you put 30 logos in front of your clients? Yeah, sometimes.
0: <laughs> all, actually, all the time. I'm, I'm one of those kind of... Uh, like I, I do have partners who will say, you know, here are, you know, we've worked on this and we've narrowed it down to these three or four logos. I never do that because I, I think it. Ha- I'll, I'll show like 30, 40 logos right off the bat. And and because I think it's because of my lack of appreciation for, for a logo. To me, they're a dime a dozen. And, and if I had a more time, I, I might show you a hundred logos because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, because, because they're just, like I said, it's just a symbol. It just doesn't matter. Like, I can't even think of a company that was just famous because it had a great logo. You know, um, there might be, but, you know, like, but I, I I've never had anybody just come to me and go, you know, I love that company because they have a great logo. You know, like my hmm. clients don't care about that. Like you know, it, 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 they they want to be like Apple or they want to be like Google or they want to be like Tesla, you know. Like you know, they all you know. Tesla has an interesting logo, but I wouldn't say it's a great logo. You know, it, it's Tesla, the company, the car, the you know, the 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 idea is what made it a great a, a great brand. It just happens that the other branding that they do is nice and it supports it, but, mm. um, but, but it didn't, it didn't work uh, the other way around. The, the logo, the Tesla logo didn't make Tesla great, you
1: know? Yeah. I think, I mean, what you, you're you saying makes a lot of sense that it's, it's all of those associations that people build up over time and all of those feelings and emotions that they start to feel towards the company yeah, or what actually builds the value in it. And The mark just becomes somewhere for me to sort of attach that to, to, to attach those emotions to it.
0: I mean, I, I sort of remember like when Apple first came out on the, uh, on the market, you know, the very first time I've I've been a designer long enough, you know, it was a multicolored Apple and it, you know, the logo and it, and it had a bite out of it and. You no, know, first of all, you know my designer friends were like, "What's that about? That's that's a you know what's a weird symbol and and you know wh- you know wh- why is it an apple? You know it's a computer company. You know because the other companies in the market were like Microsoft. You know and then maybe their logo looked more like a computer company at that time. Mm. You know, um, but you know Apple now has this whole other meaning and and it's become something that 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 people aspire to be, but but it's only because, you know, it happened to be a brand that made these amazing products and amazing packages that the products come in, um, very confident, you know, that basically changed the world, you know? So of course you want to be like that brand, but it wasn't because of, it wasn't because of the look. Mm. They've done a good job of, of you know, like, I have to say, you know, like I said, like every time I get a new iPhone or something, I don't want to throw the box away. I got a whole closet full of them, you know, because it's just so. There's such beautifully crafted packaging, and they're so clean and simple com- uh, compared to Microsoft and to other you know companies that were in that space when when Apple started. Mm.
1: No yeah, they do. I mean we our storeroom at work is full of all of the old boxes. I think there's boxes of computers that don't even exist anymore. <laughs> sitting, yeah, yeah. sitting in the storeroom. We the, the the hardware has long since been replaced but the the packaging lives on.
0: Yeah. And you know I I think this disrespect of logos basically is it's not a disrespect. I mean I think to me like like I always say is I I can, I can build a good story, a good brand story around anything you know like let's just pick something and let's get on with it you know it it, it, that symbol is not that important the way i look at it too is like when you like when you name a child you know like um you you know parents really you know go back and forth on, on you know like what should the name be and you know of course it's important because it's your child but the name only uh gains meaning once the child has lived for a while you know like um like you know um then they become that name you know um like my daughter's name is Lucy and you know um I sprung that name on my wife at the last minute um she had a different name and and you know I I would just say that my daughter now is 13 and she has become Lucy you know that's who mm-hmm. she is you know she's become that um, that that name and so um now it has so much more meaning than when when it was first assigned to her and that's the, but that's the it is. About
1: symbols mm, and there's a but there's all that kind of existential weight of making that first selection is it the right choice but i guess it will be the right choice over time
0: as that meaning builds up yeah and i guess that goes back to like cattle branding you know like like the 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 o six ranch that that- basically the owner of that ranch changed my family's life you know um that wealthy rancher had one of the largest ranchers one of the largest ranches in Texas, which was one of the largest ranches in the world at the time in the fifties next to the king ranch um but you know he basically you know um asked my dad to come play baseball at this beautiful baseball field that he built out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but when, when he first made that brand, the 06, it didn't have any meaning until he built this giant cattle empire, um, you know, out in West Texas. And then, and then it turns out that he loved baseball more than he loved uh, ranching. And he built this beautiful field of dreams where, where, where my dad was able to go play baseball and gave him the opportunity to go to college and get his master's degree. And so it really changed, you know. So now that, you know, that simple symbol that was just a cattle brand, it has all these other meanings um, mm. in Alpine where, where I'm from. You know, it has so many more meanings. It's, it's become symbolic of lots of things, not just something marked on the side of a cow. Mm maybe there's a, a like a
1: it's it sort of feels like very practical advice it feels like very it's logical when you hear it in in that way um yeah. you know just to to sort of close out you're the the chairman of of pentagram uh at the moment and right you've got you've got this opportunity to gather all of your partners and you could go anywhere on earth and do almost anything but um, I love that you shared with me that you are, are so proud of your kind of home area that you're actually going to fly all the partners to Marfa in Texas to to
0: kind of experience these stories that you're obviously right. so proud of. Yeah, in, in, in November. Um, so, you know, like I said, there's 24 partners now, you know, from London, Berlin, New York, Austin. Um, And I I think they're going to love it out there. Uh, Marfa is in the high desert um, in far west Texas. It's actually not going to be very easy to get to. You know, um, I have actually gone, uh, you know, some of the London partners have had meetings on Caribbean islands where, you know, there's like British air flies directly into the island. But sometimes it takes me three flights to get there. You know, Mm. Um, so to get to to Marfa, which is about 24 miles from Alpine, which is where I was from, um, you know, the uh, London partners will have to fly into uh, El Paso, I guess. And then, you you know, either take a train or uh, or take a, a fairly long, like three hour drive to get to get to Marfa. Uh, but it'll be a great drive or a great train ride because it's so flat there and just it's all sky and mountains and it's just going to really be a very sort of like a cleansing thing after this pandemic where everybody being cooped up. They're just going to feel like they're on a different planet. And I think it, it Marfa has such an interesting art scene right now, you know, because of Donald Judd you know, who found it, uh, who basically sort of bought up the whole town um, and built the Chinati Foundation and and, and all that. And I think it's just, they're going to love it.
1: I mean, I, I love, I love that you, you know, uh, the thing that I'm taking away from this is to sort of tell these stories from a unique place. And I think you are very much the embodiment of that. I think you, you yeah. embrace you embrace your place and you share it and you know I mean even when you came to to the design in davao which is when i first sort of saw your your work you 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 brought cowboys with you and and a musician you know instead of doing what most of the other people do and they stand up and show their graphic design or their branding and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff you actually brought that story and i've been thinking about it for you know a decade or more you know i can still remember that experience that you shared with me
0: yeah and and one of the things that we're going to do of course when when I, all my partners go to marfa is uh, on one of the days we're going to go to the 06 ranch and the and these true working cowboys are going to ride up on horses and these guys aren't actors this is these are real working cowboys and they're going to do a branding demonstration um, where they actually gonna you know take some cattle throw them down and 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 brand them and I, what I've been told is it doesn't actually hurt the cattle um, mm. it you know because their 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 hide is you know really super thick but mm. I you know but it'll be interesting to 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 see the eyes of, of my partners as uh, get an actual branding
1: demonstration, <laughs> uh, teaching them the origins.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, DJ. I mean, uh, I think we we out of time now. But thank you so much. I, like, I really I really enjoy this. I love I love your your honest disdain for for the mark, but you know you sort of back that up by by encouraging people to tell better more authentic stories which i think makes those marks more valuable and worth more so thank you so much for all the work you've done and thank you for for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it it's been fun so uh, thanks for us awesome and i think with that we'll catch everyone in the next one bye-bye thanks for listening we believe that sharing knowledge is an obligation, so if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this podcast with them. This is our third season, and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button, so you're the first one to know when a new episode comes out. Or even better, leave us a review and tell the world how much you enjoy listening. This really helps. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork. NiceWork is a purpose-driven company helping people who want to make a dent in the world by building brands that people give a shit about. We're based in Johannesburg, South Africa, and serve companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, partner with us, or make a suggestion, reach out at www.nicework.co.za. And if you're one of those really old-school people, send us a letter,
0: and we'll make you a mixtape.